0: and now for your listening pleasure here's polizzi and rose covering the week of media marketing and digital content news this old marketing take it away boys
1: well hello my friends this Is this old marketing proudly brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the business destination for audio? No, that's not right at all. It's the audio destination for business. Anyway, I'm Robert Rose and welcome to episode number 404 for Friday, December 1st, 2023. And with me as always, as he always is, my colleague, my friend, and a guy who is definitely not the John Oates to my Daryl Hall. Yes, I can't go for that. Mr. Joe Polizzi,
0: <laughs> no can do, no can do, uh, we, we, no man eater comments. No, nope. uh, uh,
1: you know, I mean that's the whole thing, right? I mean, you you know what's going on, yes, with Mr. Hall and Mr. I, Oates.
0: Yes, uh, I I saw that Daryl Hall had the restraining order against.
1: That's Mr. correct. Oates and Mr. Is we Oates. we talked about we talked about this very thing. On I think it was two episodes ago, three episodes ago, when we talked about selling catalogs of artists selling catalogs and all of that stuff.
0: And what's happening? Oates wants to sell the catalog, but but can't sell the catalog without Hall's permission and Hall doesn't want well, to
1: Well, it's not true. That's see, that's that that's that that's the whole thing of well, it, right? So, so, so John well, so so and I know quite little about this from the legal standpoint. So I may get some of this wrong, but as I understand it he's got every right to sell his shares, and it, he probably needs and wants the dough. He wants to cash out. And so they had it sort of 50, 50 basically, um, between the two of them for their catalog and, and the, and what they wanted to sell. And so basically Daryl just doesn't want another partner. He wants for whatever reason he wants to work with John, um, on where they allow permission and where they don't allow permission. So it wouldn't be that he would be giving up his control. It would be that he would be actually working with someone he clearly doesn't want to work with. And so, you know, whether that's because he gets to sort of (laughs) steamroll John on, on all these decisions. And he's like, if it's a big company or an investment firm, he's not going to be able to do that or some other reason, or just that he just doesn't want to work with anybody other than John is is the reason that he files the restraining order and basically says that John doesn't have permission. He's got to get, you know, we have to go into this together to make these kinds of decisions. And so it'll be up to a judge, I guess, to decide, a, you know, what's going to happen. Think
0: about it. I mean, just think about Not that that would ever happen with us, but from our perspective, I mean, basically we own 50% of this show, not that it's of any value. <laughs> I,
1: was just old gonna say. I was just gonna say,
0: it's half owned by Robert Rose Incorporated and half owned by Joe Pulitzi Incorporated. So, yeah, uh, you know, if I decided to sell my half <laughs> for a nickel, <laughs> it could, you might be very upset about this.
1: I would be very well, yeah, so, there, upset. Well, so there is a, but here's the thing it seems so, and this gets right to the heart of thinking about when artists sell their catalog, it, it actually, it, it's a really good example, right? Because you sell half the show and, uh, you know, you could argue that somebody going away, one of us going away would make the show half less valuable. Right. And so I would be upset because the show would be less valuable because you weren't there, right? And you know, you like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, sell it and bring in another host, basically to, you know, sit uh, and talk with you. The show is less valuable as a result of that. But with a catalog of stuff that's already been done, well, it's kind of all you're doing is getting a new partner to make business decisions about how it's how the stuff, the product that's already made gets resold. And so, I think it's a it's a really interesting. It's a really interesting case, actually, because it, it, it'll be interesting to see how it all turns out, because, uh, you know, I, m- my observation, I don't, I don't have again, I have no inside knowledge of this. But my my observation is that Daryl is pretty circumspect about the stuff that gets commercialized of 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 the Hall catalog.
0: Oh, I'm sure.
1: You know, he's still out there making original music and he's still out there trying to do, you know, stuff live and playing and with other like artists and,
0: is, is, is in a desperate mode. I would think
1: it's, it looks like it. That's what it looks like to me is that oats is like ready to just like cash out and retire and go sit on a yeah. beach somewhere and just sort of not deal anymore. Um, so it's,
0: it's, it's, a Don't fascinating you feel bad for oats. I mean, I do, I, I feel bad. Yeah. Important. I feel
1: bad for both Especially of them. Actually,
0: Early days. Hall and oats. If you, if you listen to the, I forgot the album's name with Sarah smile on it. But if, if you listen to that oats is a lead singer on a lot of those songs. That's right, and then slowly as they go, he just goes into background, and then of course we grew up in the MTV days where it was Hall in the front and Oats in the back.
1: That's right. Yeah, that's so, exactly right. And and poor John. Yeah, yeah, John got a little bit forgotten. I think. I mean, I John have, has I always have, been.
0: I have a side question for you. You know how you made the little air snafu in the in the beginning in the introduction? Did you do yeah. that on purpose? Because this is episode four. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm not saying. <laughs> and I have to thank you before we get into any other conversation. Yeah. This is my new set. I have a new set oh, and it looks and brilliant. To yes. So I don't, we talked about it as people can see the lighting is not quite perfect yet. I'm I'm still working on the lighting, but I'll put in the show notes, uh, my setup, uh, that I promoted on my LinkedIn page and I thanked you and Lee judge who were both very helpful and yeah, and finally I, I got off my butt yeah. and and set up and got the whole thing and I got the Sony cam going and I feel I feel pretty good about it.
1: It looks yeah. great. It looks absolutely fantastic, beautiful, flawless skin. You just you look good in 4K, my friend. Is that yeah? I awesome like the movie. I
0: like how you can set the background to to you know blurry a little bit where you yeah can do the focus. Yeah,
1: that's the ca- that's all in the camera. It, er, every yeah. I didn't believe. That it was about because every you know if you go out and do the research everybody goes no it's all about the camera it's all about the camera webcams are just not there yet the technology is just not there yet you need a proper mirrorless DSLR yep. camera and I was like really I I'm I so I skeptical felt.
0: I'm like because I had a top of the line webcam yeah and and you're like as we were t- we've been talking about this for a year folks yeah like and there's multiple people that came to me and it's funny because Lee Judge at Content Marketing World comes up to me. And he says, Hey, Joe, you, you got to up your game, especially with Robert, you know, basically yeah. you had, you had the whole Monty going on and I'm like, no, really? I got the best web and, he, and he's like, yes, that is the top of the line webcam, but it's not the Sony. Yeah, <laughs> not the,
1: it's the true. I, and I, yeah. I saw the same yeah. thing. And I, and as soon as I put this thing together, it was like, you know, so my wife's a photographer and photographers have a thing is basically they say it's all in the glass, right? It's all, it's all in the glass. It's all in the lens that you choose. The the lens is the most important part of all of that. And it's so true. That's why getting that Sigma lens is because the standard lens that the Sony DSLR cam camera comes with is a fine lens. It's just, it's fine, but you put that Sigma lens on, you can see the difference. You can really see the difference. And it's just, it's, it's, uh, Makes all the difference in the it's, world. It's
0: almost like, you know, until you notice something you like uh, it's like uh, uh, I bought a white car and then all of a sudden you notice white cars everywhere. It's the, yeah. it's the same thing with this. Now I look at other people's picture and I say, and you can oh, tell they got up. Yeah, their, yeah they got up their game. That's a horrible webcam.
1: You can totally and tell.
0: Yeah, you I'm can like, totally so now tell. I'm, now I'm, be, I'm like, oh, I'm becoming one of those people. You've turned me into one of those people. What are those people? I don't tell me me what those people are about how they look on.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I'm getting old. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta (laughs) take every
0: work whatever magic you can work.
1: (laughs) You know this? You don't just roll out of bed looking like this. No, no. This doesn't just
0: happen. (laughs) It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of special effects. My (laughs) goodness. Uh, So I do want to make a little comment because. We had to record multiple versions of this old marketing last week because yeah, of, of that's all right. the craziness at OpenAI. I don't know mm-hmm. if we needed to go through it again, because I believe the last time we recorded, which was last Wednesday, that there were no new significant updates outside the fact that basically the board of OpenAI, who were the ones that... that you know, fired Sam Altman and put out the you know the sky is falling thing, and this is really really serious. It's basically, yeah. they're basically all gone. They've all That's been right. removed. So take that for what it is for what it yeah. is. and, now well, and I think and everything's okay now, right? Everything. I back think
1: so. On. Yeah, I think so. Uh, basically, um, the only other news that I saw, which was yesterday as we record this, was that uh, uh, Microsoft now has a non-voting board seat on uh, oh non-voting. Uh, a non-voting board seat. board seat yeah that basically they re- which means oh, yeah. they're in the process of, of restructuring their corporate governance um and so i think there will be bigger restructuring of the corporation and the business to follow i think you're going to see some some interesting things come out of uh, of all of this probably uh which will indicate that they've they've I don't know if jettisoned is the right word, but basically evolved or changed or fundamentally uh, altered that whole nonprofit controls, the profit controls, the other holding company control that, that weird sort of Byzantine sort of corporate structure that they had. I think they'll probably restructure that whole thing too.
0: I I sent out my newsletter, the orange letter uh, this morning, actually, I'm getting comments back and. I'm surprised by the and I and I get it because we're so inside baseball because we know yeah. this stuff. But almost nobody knew that there was a nonprofit that started this whole thing in 2015, and the for-profit entity was built in 2019 by Sam Altman specifically because they felt they couldn't get enough resources and right. you know the servers and the tech and the re- and buy off you know by the researchers and the engineers. So they could do all these things like ChatGPT right. plus. So yeah. it's just, I think a lot of people felt like, oh, that's kind of icky. I didn't know that that was, yeah. So that's a yeah.
1: well, I did, the, and I wrote about this for my for my CMI piece this week, which is the, the thing that I think really people didn't know, even if you knew that the, the there was a nonprofit attached to it, um, and the, how it started. What a lot of people didn't know is that the board, the the board that was assembled for the nonprofit controlled the for-profit in other words it was when they so they were and and they had no incentive for for for-profit ventures in other words there was no incentive for them to have a profitable company even though they controlled this the decisions that were made um by the for-profit company and so that those two trains come at each other head to head was that this was this was inevitable. This was going to happen at some point because there was just no way that, you know, you've got a CEO and employees who are being rewarded on the for profit revenue, you know, value of the company. And you've got a nonprofit board that controls everything that has no incentive at all for that. It's like that. Those that was just, I don't, I don't it, it seems weird to me that they couldn't, they didn't either know or acknowledge that that was going to be an issue, but of course it was going to be an issue.
0: Well, you don't know until you know, but right, that's exactly right. The uh, that's a Yogi Berra saying, I think. But it's just like they pulled the they they the poison pill. We talked about it. Whatever I think last episode was, you know, if a corporate a corporation doesn't want to have a hostile takeover, they 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 put do a poison pill, which is basically they they give their current investors like really cheap shares, so that the other a hostile entity can't come in and buy up all the other shares. Yep. This is. It seems like that's what the board did. They're like, "What can we do? The world is coming to an end. Sam is doing something that is against our mission. What do we do? Got to fire him." That's right. And I'm sure there was a better way to do it, but it was almost like there there was a certain amount of fear. Yep. That's why, and I as I talk about yeah. this at length in my newsletter, there's something that happened within the OpenAI research team that. They hit something science fiction related here. They made some, some big well, there's this,
1: yeah, there's this, some there's this hint, hint of the cube thing, Artificial
0: right? general intelligence, and they're getting to that point, or they've yeah. gotten to that point.
1: Yeah, well, there's the, there's that hint of this cube thing that apparently is out in the wild now that, uh, that Altman referred to in some speech or some yes. meeting. yeah
0: the, 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 so. the. the, the they, Q they Star, I think it's the, called. Yeah, yeah. It, he made it. This was the October twenty third event or whatever that Sam Altman was at, and he, he said something about he pulled back the veil of ignorance, and I was like, what am I watching? Is this Superman three?
1: Yeah, is
0: this <laughs> <laughs> Lex Luthor? That's yeah. exactly. No, I I was thinking. Wait, was it three? Which uh, Richard Pryor was in? Yeah, of course. That's yeah, the one that I was thinking of where. You know, the, the human and the and the man and the human and robot become one. And I'm like, oh, God. that's right. Here yeah.
1: There you go. There Superman. Three. We're Is living Sam? in Superman three. And we are all Richard Pryor in that. Yeah. that. There you go. I
0: think Sam already has a computer chip. inside yeah.
1: Now, speaking of movies, just very quickly before we get oh. to the yes. top of the show, I have to report back because I promised that I would report back. I have seen. Two, I mean, I had seen other movies. Just to be clear, uh, uh, Adam Sandler movies. Adam I had Sandler seen Fifty movie, First yeah. Dates before, which is really cute with Drew Barrymore. The whole thing, not sorry, sorry, not the uh, not Fifty First Dates. Yeah, um, uh, uh, Wedding Singer, Wedding Singer oh, was Wedding with Singer. Um, with, Drew with Drew Barrymore. Barrymore. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I guess they both are, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and so uh, I watched Happy Gilmore, and I watched Waterboy. Um, I'm happy to report that Waterboy is definitely the better of the two. Um,
0: <laughs> I told you you'd like that. one.
1: I know. It was cute. It, it's a, it's, that's a cute movie. And you're right. Henry Winkler is awesome in that. I yeah. mean, Henry Winkler is awesome in everything, but yes. he was, he's really fun. That's a cute, it's a very cute movie. Happy Gilmore is a freaking train wreck. I, I, I don't, I, I don't understand <laughs> how anybody likes that movie.
0: That was the movie that, 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 well, Adam was Well, Here's what
1: in. I think. Happy oh, Gilmore God. is I, happy. Gilmore I don't know if you noticed this, but as marketers, I mean, the first thing I thought of is, oh, this is this is totally a branded advertisement for uh, Pepsi, for Subway. Uh, Heineken, Subway. I mean, everything is I mean, it's literally like the 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 uh, you know, what is it? The um, uh, Mike Myers um, uh, yeah. ah, when he when he basically does this, the, you know, does the product placement Paul brings it up.
0: Yeah. yeah. And does, and he's, is that Wayne's world?
1: Wayne's world, thank you. World, and yeah. and basically it's it's like that. I mean, the way he's eating the Subway sandwich and the way that they drink the beer, and the way that the I mean, it's just like, yeah. oh, okay, yet another brand, you know. So it's like and and the movie's like, whatever. Uh, it's just yeah, I'm a bit. Well, I'm proud of player. you
0: for trying it. I know I had a, a, lots of people asking me, How's Robert doing with his Adam Sandler marathon? Yeah. I knew that Waterboy was gonna hit home. Plus, you know, you like football, and it's a great. It's, it's a great football. It's, football f- it's, Especially it's when they tie in the ESPN break. Yes. About. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> so it's good. cute. It's, it's really cute. It's a cute movie. I mean, it's the kind of movie that you could see it appealing to a young crowd for a long, it, it, it could become a classic, you know, in that way. Right. That, right. that, it, that you can, it's one of those movies you can always go back to and just sort of like put on and, 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 Happy Gilmore is a I don't I don't get it at all. But now
0: right? look look back look and, and see so so Adam. But that's Daniels.
1: his whole Scooby Doo thing, right? The Happy Gilmore oh, thing that, is that yeah, yeah, that's that one. So
0: uh, yeah, but he but he does movies with Drew Barrymore or Jennifer Aniston almost exclusively. Yeah, almost exclusively. Yeah, which is not a poor choice at all. No,
1: no, neither neither of those choices are are, neither of those choices are bad. That would
0: we would love to have that choice if somebody wanted if either one of those two people would like to come (laughs) on and join us as a guest on this whole marketing. By the way, Drew Barrymore might, because she's got her whole line of everything going on right now. She's okay, she's got the talk show, she's launching product. Yeah. Very impressive. Yeah. So all go.
1: right. Should we get to our show? Should we get to the actual show here? I mean, I guess oh, we're into in the actual, the actual, actual show. show. 17 the minutes actual in. The show
0: is the beginning. Pu- you have to yeah. include the beginning. In That's the true.
1: Show. That is true. That is yeah. true. Well, we do have a wonderful show for you because uh, it's been a really interesting week following all of the drama around uh, uh, basically uh, all the open AI stuff. And and it opens with, of course, Elon not being able to let anybody else have the headlines. So, of course, he had to grab back the headlines at the New York Times uh, event um, and st- Told advertisers to go F themselves. We'll talk about that in a minute. Then we'll talk a little bit about the rapid rise of synthetic content, uh, the idea of content uncreated by humans. We'll talk about how creators can actually now own their digital likeness and whether they actually need to go to extra steps to create their digital likeness. We'll talk about TikTok, how they're changing their mind. They said short videos, nah, not so much. We want long videos now. And then if we have time, which we probably won't, we'll talk a little bit about how Google's going to have to pay up now in Canada for access to news. And then I'm going to rant a little bit uh, about Google itself and the news publishers and how very much behind the scenes it seems like uh, they're going to shut down that whole co- consortium club sort of institute that they've created with publishers to talk about how they want to monetize advertising mm-hmm. and then your commentary what is your commentary on your commentary i'm going to talk is-
0: about uh weibo uh in a chinese like the chinese oh, right. twitter if you will that's right and they made a decision and i think it's really critical to what's going to happen in the united states And i'm going to cover that very so, nice very here nice There you go. There you go there you go. It's okay. A show. By the way, we should tell people, by the way, we're working really hard on our At This Old Marketing uh, YouTube channel. Yes. You will see a lot of changes in the next couple months. It's going to be think fun. There are going to be good changes. Make sure you go and subscribe on YouTube, This Old Marketing. You can, By the way, if you're listening to us, you can actually see us. Yeah. Like, and <laughs> and Joe's fancy new setup. You can go and my see new new yeah. my new digs. Yeah. orange shirt, my new digs. Yeah. yeah. All good. All, all good. His, and his,
1: his, his cool. cool moody lighting. It's really I awesome. Got, it's not got,
0: quite right, but I'm feeling good about he, it. He, I, you
1: I should feel, feel good about I it. Feel I
0: it. feel yes. almost big time. Not lustrous, as big time as you
1: lustrous 4k skin. That's all I'm going to say, Oh man. That sounded it really, really weirdly pornographic there for a moment. There 4k skin, didn't it? Okay. I anyway, let's move along here.
0: Let's move along here. This is a family show, and I now know. back to and, and now let's talk about our first news item. Yes, <laughs> speaking of speaking of 4K here skin,
1: um, yeah. Elon Musk says go f yourself to advertisers leaving X. The photo that we'll uh, post, obviously from TechCrunch, looks like he's got 4K skin, um, and the article opens up by saying, <laughs> "Your move," Linda said Elon, um, and said, "Go f yourself to advertisers who recently paused spending on X." After he endorsed an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory on the platform, on stage at the Dealbook conference, Andrew Ross Sorkin asked the ex-owner about these pauses in advertising and Musk replied, don't advertise. And he said, wait a minute, what? You don't want them to advertise? And he said, look, if somebody's going to try and blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go F yourself. Go F yourself. And then he waved out <laughs> <at> the... <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty classic. I watched the video. It was pretty classic. I haven't and seen the, the video. It's and then my it. favorite, my favorite part is it, actually the, the the go f yourself wasn't even nearly as interesting as as what happened after. He first of all he goes hi Bob, waves out to the audience because Disney CEO Bob Iger was apparently at the event and may have been in the audience, probably not, probably backstage, but nonetheless. Yeah. And then my favorite favorite part, and they don't cover this in the in the in the coverage, was then he goes on to go because the, the the interviewer is clearly like at a loss for words like they, it's just clear the interviewer is just like, i I have no idea what to do here. So he said, really, you don't want them to like doesn't that like kill your company and musk goes, well, we'll see what planet Earth has to say about that <laughs>
0: Uh it's oh, just sure so he, classic. And he Elon. probably he probably just read the whole thing that came out about the 1.5 degrees Celsius increase. And so he probably thinks that the uh, earth is going to implode. Yeah. And then of
1: course today, uh, Linda Yacarino uh, posted on X a whole like you know, basically endorsement of that whole idea. Um and it's not it's not going very well for for her um, in that, uh, in the retweet space. So yeah, it, it is, yeah, it's, I mean, I think it all comes down to, I think his whole attitude here, I think, I mean, it's hard to, it's really hard for me to glean what his long game is here, but, um, it, it, or even if, if he has one, but it seems to me, that he's moving exactly where you said he was going, which is I'm trying to just basically break down the company to its bare bones and I don't care how much money it makes. This is my plaything, and I'm just gonna, I'm just, it's my toy and I'm gonna do what I, with it what I want.
0: I think it's a little bit more strategic and we've talked about some of this. He, he wants to bring the valuation of the company down to such a point where right. he can buy back the debt holders for pennies on the dollar and get rid of them. Because that's really what's holding up this whole thing, and we've talked at length, many episodes, about what's going on. Where there's so much, the, tw- Twitter is. What well, they were valued at forty-four billion dollars when they took on all that debt, and now it's worth what? You, you can't even say it's worth ten billion. That's because right. They've lost. A good portion of their revenues, which were advertising. So I think they're all at a point. He's like, hey, let's just drive this thing down to nothing. He wants to buy the whole thing back so it can be yep. his plaything, whether that becomes a the payments app, X everything app, whatever the case is. I think that's where he's at. This is very, very strategic. He loves when the media is covering like, like he's got loose cannon. He's lost it. He's insane. And that's exactly what he wants. But he's very de- I think he's being very deliberate about this. It's just part. Well, yeah,
1: d- let's let, yeah. Let's draw a distinction, though, between deliberate and strategic. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, yeah, he's I, I mean, I i think you're right. He is absolutely being deliberate about this and and trying to bring the value to as close to zero as he can so that basically is it is it morgan stanley i think it is it's, it's either morgan stanley or it's one of them i think it's it, one I, of them yeah one of them that holds the bulk it, is just going to have to get this off their balance sheet and if and, and and maybe he's trying to force them to get it off the balance sheet before the end of the year or something like that but they need to get this debt you know which is just crazy you know so and drawing the value even lower and lower and lower does that of course and at some point they have to pull the trigger and then he can buy it back for you know pennies on the dollar and and then yeah. and then own the whole thing which is what he wa- clearly what he wants um, the question is it feels like it's a bit of a race right which is and it feels like he may be like accelerating that you know stepping on the gas a little bit because you can see that the race is you can't do it to the point where everybody leaves right in other words if if you, yeah you can drive the value down to a certain level and basically you know, have the have and buy it back for pennies on the dollar. But what are you buying at that point? Like if it's an empty room, then it really doesn't kind of matter. You know, you've got this wonderful technology infrastructure with nobody using it. So,
0: well, it's, the, the one thing that I want to say about that, I've, I've seen a lot. So I, I you know, I, I basically said, hey, I'm, I'm making my last tweet over here on on X and I moved over to threads and a lot of the people on my threads, uh, whatever, whatever you call a thread. Whatever, whatever, my thread tweet, whatever yeah. that thing is. A lot of people said, "Oh, there's nobody over there," and everybody's leaving the platform. I'm more. That's than not anything, true. I'm, yeah, I'm amazed true. by the loyalty yeah. of a lot of these large creators and media sites that are still going all in, even more so because they see the opportunity when people are leaving. So don't don't think that there's a it's a ghost town over on X. There's still a lot of people. A lot of influential. Sure, people if you want to talk, you know. Content over there. I,
1: I, I 100% agree. In the if you're in the news space, you know, because honestly, you know, some of the things that I have seen is I'm like, yeah, when you, you know, the open AI thing uh certainly what's going on in uh in Israel and Gaza, uh, you know, if you're you in how important it is. That yeah, it's you candy. can still see it's that it's candy. a relevant platform for those kinds of topics, whether it's politics, whether it's uh news, or whether it's um in some way some emotional, you know, sort of fight uh, or 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 you know tension. And threads is not that. Um threads is much more where all of the business marketing slash sort of people who look at social media in a much more quote unquote pleasant way are, are are starting to collect the threads is picking up. There's no doubt that threads is picking up it. I can, I can see it. I can see it happening. I can see, I can feel it happening. And for the, for the moment, it's very enjoyable. It's very, there's like, there's no ads, which is lovely.
0: It's not going to last being the nice version
1: no, okay. no, no. Of course not. Of course yeah. not. It's going to, yeah. I mean, some of that stuff's going to bleed over, uh, of course, 100%. Yeah.
0: But but it, the, here's what I don't understand about threads is, and I like it too. I agree with you. I think it's picking up steam. There's no doubt about it. And I, I, I went back on like, wow, look at all this engagement. It's really something. Yeah. But why they don't figure out the hashtag thing and prioritize news, and they they could absolutely be, fill that void so that people that want to have that news experience can have it on threads. Cause right now it's not built that way. I don't know why they aren't going that direction because the opportunity sitting in front of. I think,
1: yeah, I think to your, to your, to your point, I think they have yet to figure out the, the consumer side, right? In other words, the consumer of content side. So if I just think about a celebrity for a moment, right. And if I'm a celebrity and I have a, millions of Twitter followers, millions of X followers, tens of millions of X followers. And I use that platform for my audience engagement, right? Just to talk to my followers, talk to my audiences, do the influencer thing and, and do, you know, uh, use it as sort of a, a quasi press release for my celebrityhood. Well, that's still the place to do that because that's where all those consumers of content are. They're not, they're not on threads yet. However, if they can figure out a way to get that, to get the people that are, because the, the same thing happens on Instagram, right? That, so Instagram has that same level of celebrity thing, but it's really about photos and imagery rather than text. So I think there's a bit of a friction there of getting the consumers of short form text news into the threads idea. They're just not signing up, right? They're just, I, you know, I think those consumers, people like, you know, for example, my wife, my wife doesn't create any content at all really on social media other than the occasional facebook post but she consumes a lot of social media on instagram and on uh, and on twitter uh and on facebook of course and hasn't signed up for threads yet and I, I asked her i said what well, why haven't you done that she's like i don't know i just haven't done it yet i just haven't felt it's like it's not necessary
0: it. right yeah right her necessary? so it's, it's, it's like, like who necessary goes to drink my own urine no i'm sorry <laughs>
1: Dodge that's, a, voli- that's, yeah, a, that's a that's a dodgeball that's a
0: dodgeball yes. reference yeah, yeah. It's, so. it's a great there's another great movie yeah but you've noticed that one. Oh, dodgeball is a fantastic movie because you're more there's, into vince vaughn and ben stiller that, that well i uh,
1: yeah there's there's a there's so many great people in that <laughs> i love dodgeball such, yeah, you a dodge game. a wrench you can dodge a ball <laughs> <laughs> speaking of dodging and speaking of not telling people to go f themselves we should probably pay our bills with our beautiful wonderful handsome gorgeous sponsors that we love so dearly. If anybody's on X and giving up their advertising platform on X, come on over to this old marketing because yeah, well, this we'll, is the place. Yeah, we it. take
0: any. We take anyone.
1: We will absolutely take your money. <laughs> there we go. Hey, did you know that HubSpot just launched an AI chatbot that helps you build awesome campaigns at scale with just a few prompts? Yeah. It's called Campaign Assistant, and it's a totally free-to-use AI tool that will transform the way you build marketing campaigns at scale. And the best part? Well, the best part is it works seamlessly with all of HubSpot's marketing and sales tools to scale your output across email, social, and more. So AI your way to the most effective campaigns yet at HubSpot.com slash campaign assistant. Can I tell you about a great podcast? It's called Inclusion and Marketing, and it's hosted by Sonia Thompson and brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Inclusion and Marketing digs into important topics like belonging, customer experience, diversity, and how you can practice inclusive marketing authentically. One of the more awesome recent episodes featured a cool exploration into the meaning of belonging, all related to Beyonce's Renaissance World Tour. Yeah, it was really interesting. So go find it and follow it. You'll find the Inclusion in Marketing podcast wherever you follow your favorite pods.
0: That was uh, was very peaceful. That was peaceful music.
1: Yeah, that's what I I figured. I that's a, you it. know, I, I will tell you, that's one of my favorite things to do with the ads is to try and pick the music to pick the music to go behind it because it's, it's it's fun.
0: It's, it was it was soothing. And then the whole A.I. Your way thing. That's I them really- again.
1: Now, I will tell you, that's the that's the HubSpot copywriters. I didn't make that up. I, okay. I, I liked it.
0: I, and then I, for those by the way for those of you that don't realize it for the past well, a couple months we've been part of the hubspot podcast network and it's great they're wonderful people but we've we both had some issue can we say this we're gonna say it with yeah. the, that every time you say it you have to say the audio destination for business professionals <laughs> i don't think you have to say it
1: well, i think we'll you just out. have to be it we'll we'll there you go that you yeah. dream
0: it you yeah. do it
1: yeah that's right that's right <laughs> that's right that's a great way to put it. Yeah, I like that. I like that. We'll check. Maybe yeah. we can check with mom and dad to make sure that uh, we're allowed to not say it that way. But yeah, no, no, it's it. It, it I, takes time. That,
0: hey, I don't know if they even notice what we're doing. Any, I, that's true. They probably don't pay that any got at all. We're trying. Oh, to
1: by the be good. way, we're trying to we, be proper.
0: It's been very nice. I've received a number of emails from people that show me their Spotify Wrapped. Oh uh, yeah, we're, we're one oh, of the top. That's nice. Number that's very, very nice. It's and really, I always really I was like, nice. hey, look, you're the number one podcast I listen to, on with the Spotify Wrapped updates that they do for the end of the year, which yes. are amazing. I'm not on Spotify, so I don't, I don't get any of that stuff. But I'm. It's like, cool. It's a, I it, thank this them.
1: year especially. This year especially, they did. They really outdid themselves with the how much fun stuff that they included in they have a town basically based on your listening where you should live basically the music taste of the of and they match it to a city it's it's really
0: what is your what is your
1: city i haven't looked at mine yet i've only seen others i've only seen other people's i have not i've been on the road traveling the last couple of days and so i haven't actually downloaded mine yet
0: okay i I would be very interested in that but when people so thank you for those people that were your number one (laughs) source of of listening um Dummery, I guess <laughs> I don't even know how to say it. Yeah. I say thank you, and then I apologize at the same time, which that's I think exactly is the right response.
1: No, no, that's exactly right. Yeah, right. we're sorry for you being you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we'll try. We'll try to do better. Willing to work harder. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we're trying. Right.
1: All right, let's move to our next story here, which is, comes to us courtesy of a media operator. Again, fantastic newsletter. If you don't subscribe to it, um, and the article. Uh, is the rapid rise of synthetic content, uh, and basically, and it's part of the newsletter. That's the headline, uh, and it's the, it, the the subject is really uh, part of a story that is written around how AI generated content is here to stay. And it's a story. I mean, it opens up by saying, "Look, graduating college with a history degree in the slow growth years immediately after the Great Recession didn't leave me with a ton of prospects." It's all written in the first person from uh, you. You know, Jacob. Uh, Jacob yeah, Donnelly. There you go, yeah, Jacob. Absolutely. Yep basically goes through and tells the story about, um, how, uh, with Google, uh, and it's really a story about how they did this experiment with Google, um, and pulled together this synthetic content. And the way they did it was they basically pulled the competitor, their sitemap from, which is typically available, you know, literally, you know, it, with most modern content management systems, you can get to a, you know, because they publish it for Google's sake, they publish it in many ways for, yeah. for, for Google. So it's an XML based sitemap. Then you can turn basically all of their, so that maps every URL into uh, a, a, with, you know, typically with article titles because anybody practicing any good C, uh, SEO uses the URL with the article title in there and then basically fed that into AI and created 1,800 articles based on that sitemap. And then, so 18 months later, they have taken 3.5 million total traffic visits and 490,000 per month traffic from that particular competitor. And he's basically then goes on to talk about how this is all going to happen right this is already happening it's, it's going happening to happen now yes and so all of this content is getting i don't know if stolen is the right word but certainly it's and and by the way i started looking at this myself i i just sort of said wow i wonder how hard that is to do and so i used one of the ai tools that i use um, and did it to my side. I didn't want to do it to a, a competitor or to a, to a site without, I it feels a little icky to do it to somebody else, but I did it to my own site, it, pretending I was a competitor. Um, also because it was easy for me, cause I know exactly where the XML sitemap is. I said, look at this, pull this, basically give me the list, um, formatted it for me and give me, and it's, it's, it's pretty scary how easy and good it was to actually do all of that. And it would take work, right? It's not, it's not that it's, you can just feed all that in and say, now spit out 1800 articles. You have to sort of do it article by article by article, or, or at least, you know, in groupings. But, um, it's, it's kind of scary how easy this would be to simply automate if I had any sort of programming knowledge at all. So, and I think
0: that's what, and that's what they did when they go through it. And by the way, we'll put the link in the show notes, but if you click through on the tweet, the person that did this and Jacob was reporting on it, uh, Basically goes, and I don't know if they're they're proud of it. I guess like look at we ripped off three point six million sessions. Yeah, <laughs> boom, uh, off of our competitors that were going to them, and how easy it is. And basically, what Jacob was talking about is Google has a problem right now. Yeah, this is a big Google issue, and the reason why he went back and said, hey, you know, I graduated and and I had a I had a job in SEO, and it was really easy to be. Uh, swarmy, if you will, or use black hat methods yep. in search engines before Google did their Panda update. That's right. What year? Like 11? I don't, I can't remember what year.
1: 2011, I believe. Yeah. And then that's when you
0: couldn't do any of these weird te- Well, now we're back at that pre Panda update from Google where you can steal somebody's titles, use some AI content and boom, re- Google is going to reward you. With, because you're using synthetic content and targeting keywords that your competitor, ta- it's a That's big, right. big issue. Now what Jacob, if you read the whole thing through at the end of this article, Jacob talks about the fact that pu- this is a short period of time where you can do this because Google will fig- figure it out. And oh, of course. If, if you look at history, yes, they're going, but right now they haven't. Yeah. So the amount of businesses that are being launched and created and strategies around just doing this AI uh, content swap model, if you will, yeah, is amazing. And then does Google then just figure it out and then it's over? Kind of like the demand well, media of the day when demand media was hot because they figured right. out a way to do this. Oh, 300 word content and we'll do all the keywords and it doesn't have to be really valuable and you'll get ranked for it. And then all of a sudden Panda came around mm-hmm. and done.
1: Yeah, that, that you remember? I mean, Demand Media was a huge unicorn-looking company, right? That's it right. was, it was a company that was going to just completely revolutionize the way we did content in those days, and then Google went, nope, yeah. <laughs> and so it was. It, I mean, it it lost. I I I, I want to say I think we were doing the podcast when it finally went, and we talked about they it. They
0: were still, yeah, they were still around at that time, but yeah, they were gaining and- and yeah basically when they went public, they were at their highest level that's right, and it up, just fell off
1: a cliff yeah it just they their their stuff fell off of a cliff, you know, and by the way, all the copycats there was because there was a ton of copycats to demand media as well so yeah, I think it's I think you're right. I think we'll see Google stem this, but Google has bigger problems than this even right but you know, and we'll even i'll I'll talk a little bit about it in my my commentary but but Google right now has a really big issue that they have to solve because search generally is broken, right? It it is, search is getting worse and worse and worse and people are turning to it. And and I know this is a, a drop in the, in the ocean right now, but it's a little bit like a, you know, the sort of boiling frog thing, right? You just don't, it's happening slowly enough that we're not really seeing it, but you can see article after article now about how Google search, quite literally, if you go to Google search now and search, you'll get You know, if you've turned on the AI assistant, by the way, the first thing that's going to come up is the AI assistant at the top of the page, which I've got turned on and find interesting. I haven't. It's interesting to me how little I use it. Um, The second thing is, is that in many cases you'll do a search and, you know. 12 of the 14 listings on the front page are ads, right? I mean it's 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 it feels a little bit like desperation right now in terms of what's going on from a from an advertising really perspective. And this, you know, and and so many people are now turning to either Chat GPT for searches. Or they're going vertical, right? They're going into Amazon and searching for products. They're going to kayak and searching for travel things. They're going to Google maps and searching for, for directions or Apple maps and searching for directions. They're verticalizing their search because they know that what they're going to get out of Google isn't that great anymore. And so that's a, that's a real issue that they're, that they have.
0: That's a, a huge issue. And I'm sure they're, they're going crazy over it. It's funny. Um, over the holidays, I guess, extended holidays, one of our family members that's v- way younger than I am. So 20 yeah. years younger than I am. And we would be talking, and they would go and use search on their smartphones, and they would be using Chat GPT for everything. Right. And I'm like, where are you getting that? It's like, oh, chat GPT. Like, don't even they don't even think about going to Google anymore. No, I everything know. Everything for everything for search is going to chat GPT. And I'm like, that can't be just. An odd occurrence there has to be a lot of other people doing the same thing i'm
1: you know so. i have i have uh and by the way we should note that um in the in very quietly under the scenes um what when we didn't cover it on the show but but quietly under the scenes open ai has now uh launched audio right so you can actually talk to chat dpt now on the mobile app right so you can you don't even have to type the question anymore you can literally you know almost you know get it into a I i won't say so that none of our <laughs> devices go off but um you know you can actually ask um the the chat gpt what it is you want to ask and it's and and i see it all the time with my non-technical non-marketing industry friends you know they i mean they'll they literally just say let's ask chat they, they call it mm-hmm. chat let's ask chat and so they'll ask for a for an answer and by the way sometimes get a great answer, sometimes get an awful answer, but they're getting an answer and it's and and they're using that, not Google.
0: So the, the Just to, to wrap up this one, I know we're going along with this, but I think it's really important. Is In this article as well, there's some research that Jacob cites from Europol, which says by experts estimate that as much as 90% of online content will be synthetically created, AI generated by 26. And I think that number's low. I think that In two, two and a half years, literally as a percentage, there's still gonna be a lot of human driven content, but as a percentage, 99% of what we're going to see and be engaged around is going to be AI generated. And I don't think people see this wave coming. Um, It's gonna get crazy. And that's where I think the opportunity is for human creators. If you build an audience that knows, likes and trusts you, That's still people. I think people are going to want this human connection. They're going to want to know that as a human being that they trust, they're getting their information from. I think that opportunity is right now, like to build those audiences right now, because I don't know in two years how easy that's going to be.
1: Yeah, I think it's, I I think you're probably right. Although I would say that it's interesting because what we're seeing is a little, I mean, it may just be a blip, or it may be sort of a bump in the ultimate road or whatever you metaphor you like. But what we're seeing is a bit of a backlash. Um, And in the companies that we're seeing anyway, deal with this, what we're seeing is the idea that the decision, the ultimate decision is we're not going to use AI to create public facing content. We're going to use generative AI rather to either inform the content that humans are going to create And or to provide uh, access to um, information, like, you know, literally using it to say, okay, here's our customer service, you know, repository of manuals and how to's and all that kind of stuff. Now let's use it to, add, you know, create a chat bot to be able to ask questions of that, of that, yeah. you know, so basically creating an interactive sort of. You're
0: talking about yeah, L- You're t- you're creating LLMs off a of proprietary content Correct. that have already been created by you that you have the copyright to.
1: Basically, just access created. to knowledge, right? Yes. Yeah, I yeah.
0: I totally agree with you, and that's happening. But I mean, you saw this week, which we didn't cover. I can put this in the show notes too. Sports Illustrated got caught using AI generated writers. Yep. You're totally. I mean what was that all about? They actually had a picture of the person and created bios for people that did not exist. Yeah. Writing sports articles. Yeah. Uh Sports illustrated was, is, was one of the great brands. I know. And what are you doing?
1: I, yeah. I mean, I, there's no faster way than to, to destroy your trust and value with your audience than to do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. All right. Go. Moving on. And it, well, just a nice segue there to our next article that we'll cover very quickly here um, before we get to Rants and Raves, which is how creators can own their digital likeness. This article coming to us from the Published Press, which when you sent this over, I was like, oh, this is a really interesting little newsletter here. I had not heard of this uh, newsletter. They do
0: a very, yeah, they've been doing a very good job over there. Yeah, Colin and Samir who are, who are two big youtubers okay uh in in the in the 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 lifestyle and uh creator economy space they've been publishing this for well over a year now really good it's stuff.
1: it's really good I was I really enjoyed it and uh went over and subscribed to it um anyway. So the creative moves to protect their AI likeness rights article within that newsletter says a song featuring AI-generated versions of Drake and The Weeknd's voices went viral on TikTok and YouTube earlier this year, leading many in creative industries to ask how can creators, artists, and actors control the use of their personal likeness as artificial intelligence tools become more and more popular. The generative AI firm Metaphysics Uh, Or metaphysic, excuse me, singular, believes that the solution isn't to ignore new technology, rather the company is helping talent secure personal data, file to copyright their likeness and license their portfolio to third parties in order to keep up with AI innovation. And then basically the article goes on to make the case for data ownership and why you should be able to do that. And the CEO of metaphysic basically says, well, in the next 10 years, we're going to see, you know, 90% of AI generated content to the stat you mentioned before, and basically say, this is important for creators of all shapes and sizes to own their data. Um, This gets to what we talked a little bit about when, when I sort of ranted about the results of the actor strike, um and sort of the, you know, the idea that they're going to need permission and sort of suggested that this might become part of employment contracts, et cetera. Uh, I, look, this is a very interesting business idea. Um, I was actually going to go, I didn't get time to go check this out in depth and see what the process looks like and see what they actually do. But man, I can say, for anyone who is thinking about any sort of public facing creation, idea, whether you're a creator and you're looking to be an entrepreneur and get into this space or whether you're, you think you're going to have a high profile enough view of yourself in whatever company you work for to, to need this, this could become a really interesting business model. I mean, I don't know what you think.
0: I, I think it's going to be huge, but I just don't know what it's going to look like Yeah, because you're going to have some repository of your digital assets. I don't know if that means, as I've already, I mean, you and I have had conversations about this and we've talked to other creators that are like, I have, you know, I have 15 years of web content, you know, all my, di- how do, how, do, I mean, there's, there's ways, I mean, it's been uh, a lot of companies in the IP space that have said, okay, here's your IP and here's how you can license it out. And yeah. media companies have been doing that forever. And now that's moving to con- just content creators, but now it's not just the content you create, it's you.
1: Yeah, that's right. It's
0: your digital, like it's your audio, it's your facial reactions, it's everything. So how do you then license that out? And when I sign an agreement to work with a company, do I, is it me plus (laughs) all the the other? Yeah, I think it it is. is. Yeah, I think it's going to get
1: to that, right? I mean, this is, so actors have been doing this for a long time. Like performers have been doing this for a long time, right? The name and likeness. You know, I mean, we, we've talked name, about image, this likeness, with the college, like college yeah, yeah, college, college athletes, right? That, get, that can now do this. Your name and likeness, and so this is literally, uh, what is it? It's not NLI, it's NIL. Right? NIL, name, N-I-L. image, likeness. Name, yeah. image, image, likeness. This is exactly that, but for basically a you know an NIL agency for creators, and I think it's just a fascinating idea. Um, I, I have to be honest because I think this, you know, I mean, it may end up being sort of a fad. It may end up being sort of the thing that was like, okay, really, do you, do you really need to do this? You know, because really you're just not that famous. Um, but I think it's a real thing. I think it's a real, especially for those people who, when we, You know, as you get higher and higher in an organization and the organization wants to use your name and likeness in their content because you want to focus on the human, human, the authentic, the sort of differentiate yourself from the synthetic AI generated content. Man, is this 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 scarcity becomes valuable and that scarcity becomes you. And so it's, you know, it's really interesting.
0: It's already being done in brand deals. So this is not a new thing. So you do a brand deal. It used to just be, hey, it's me. I'm doing stuff for you. But no, it's not. You use any anything that I'm going, uh, uh, synthetic or not. So that's already going into the deals. I think where we're going to head, I think that hmm. if you sign a deal as a, your corporate marketer, let's say, you're going to have an NIL clause. Clause, in for sure. Because if they use you as part of their human resources video or yep. to attract new people yep. or whatever... You're 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 going to launch a podcast
1: with them, et cetera, et cetera. cetera. Yeah,
0: yeah. You either give that licensing away and you're aware of it, or you get paid for that. As it's just, it's going to get nuts. Yeah, we have to prepare for it, even on the corporate side.
1: I, I, I think creators should get ahead of this. And you know, and I'm, I, I, I don't even know this company. I don't know what they do. I don't know how it works. And I'm totally going to go explore it. Um, and I promise to report back. But, but for right now, this is something that I really. Think that creators have to get get ahead of get you know get basically get ahead
0: of this even if it doesn't turn out to be
1: as big a thing as we think it might be. Th-
0: this is and this is by the way this is an idea that I'm sure somebody else is working on. But I oh thought there's of this. plenty of people. Thinking oh no no, no this. This. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. something separate. I'm bringing up that that if I was thinking about it for for the funeral industry, believe it or not, because I thought that what would happen is is that on somebody like let's say you. Uh, not that you're going to die anytime soon, you're going to launch an LLM against you and your uh instead of just having a funeral plot, you're going to have your, okay, oh, Robert no. Rose, you got to go <laughs> on to the blockchain or online and, and you'll be able to talk oh, to my Robert God. forever because it's going to be you. So that, that's creepy. That. Yeah. I, yeah. That's, but I believe that's a thing. I think this is leading into that.
1: I think that's a thing. I, I absolutely think that's a thing. And, <laughs> I'm already creeped out. Yeah, that's.
0: You're gonna. I'm gonna launch that company, and you're yeah. gonna be. You're gonna be my first customer.
1: You, I, I see say, you. I so see all you all on your a YouTube video. And family can visit. <laughs> you're. You're wearing. Robert,
0: a... you have a cowboy hat on. <laughs> Right,
1: I see you doing a promo ad for this with like a top hat, like looking like riffraff from the from from uh, Rocky Horror, and going, "You can be alive forever with your tombstone placement of a video."
0: It's well, it's not that far off, and I and I think about it when I think about this. This is really going <laughs> off the rails here, but like in Harry Potter, when you talk to one of the ghosts that's in the picture, yeah. I think that's going to be us. Well, there's that movie. We're going to just, we're going to be there. We're going to, we're not living anymore, but there's that
1: movie where, um, uh, there's a great, it's not a great movie. It's at the movie. Uh, I can't remember the name of it where the husband, the wife dies and then the husband downloads the wife's personality and memory, basically brain into a Android. And then, but then you find out that the wife was actually murdered by the husband and uh, it's like, it's, it's sort of, it's a creepy sort of mystery, but, but, uh, yeah, it's like that, right? You know, your brain gets stored, your emotions get stored, your, all your knowledge gets stored and you can download it into an Android. All right. Here we go. Here we go. It's fantastic. Let's get to uh, our rants and raves, shall we? Um, which is basically uh, where we go off on a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave where Joe and I makes us feel like either Daryl Hall or John Oates, depending on what,
0: what it is. <laughs> Nobody wants to feel like John Oates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel moment. bad for John. Yeah.
1: I know. I, it, it's, I do. It's, yeah.
0: Although, I got to tell you, Hall and Oates in concert. One of the best concerts I've ever been to.
1: Yeah, good stuff. Wonderful.
0: Yeah. St- and, of course, Daryl Hall's in the front. John's in the back. But that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. That's good stuff. Um, all right, let's. Uh, would you like to go first, or shall yeah, I? Go let let me strength? go first. Mine, okay. Mine's really, really quick. Let me let me put this up on the screen so you can see it. But this is uh, this is an interesting site called the Rest of World. Uh, but they're talking about uh, Chinese social media site Weibo, which I'm only familiar, Robert, of, about Weibo just from us covering it and and other sites uh, like that. But what they made the decision to do um, at China, actually, is making this. Or, OK, I should I don't know all the details of it, but I'm assuming this is being forced on them a little bit by uh, by the Chinese government. But Weibo is making the decis- decision that nobody can have anonymous count- accounts anymore. Mm. So You actually have to verify your ad- identity as a human being uh, to do this. And the reason why. and And by the way, there's a lot of. Content creators on Weibo right now that are leaving the platform because of this, because they they they're on there specifically because they don't want to be known. And you and I both know a lot of people that do that. They have secondary accounts or there's a lot of big creators out there that don't go by their real name and nobody know who who they are, uh, especially some of the, the comedy accounts that are that are duping off of another person. I think this is coming to the United States, North America, Europe. Uh, Not anytime soon, but in the next few years, I think this verifiable identity is going to be such a thing. Like, do we know who this person is? Is this a real person? Uh, Is this a deep fake? The whole thing where social media sites like meta, you know, Instagram, uh, I don't know what X is going to do, but I think YouTube would do it. I think Google will do it. I think they're going to put the foot down and say, you have to verify your identity and it's going to make a lot of people upset, but I really feel it's coming. you
1: think so huh you think i do i i don't know
0: they'd have to have a very good reason i think there's some journalists of course we we've seen this in media forever right there's a lot of journalists that go by different names that you know who they are because they need to protect themselves right or they would get into serious trouble i think you'd have to make a very strong case for that so i think a lot of people are going to be like oh you just you, you don't have a good enough case for anonymity you're going to have to be verifiable.
1: Yeah. I, I think you're going to see, you know, the, the argument against this on the, the, the sort of the, the sanity side of the argument against this is that just to your point, that it becomes much more difficult to re- retain anonymity for whistleblowers and for yeah. those that, you know, that are in countries where uh, they could be identified, not the least of which could be China in in so many ways. Um, so, and i i totally hear that argument and i wonder if it becomes where there's two levels of the network right where there is the uh in, in other words it becomes a where you can see things this is a bad this is a bad metaphor but just to make the metaphor as easy as i possibly can where you see a tab where it's basically everybody and people who can be anonymous right so you have so you have some Expectation of much more free flowing knowledge, but also anonymity. And then you have sort of the quote unquote trusted tab or the trusted network where everybody has an identity. And so it's the kind of thing where you've got the ability to sign up anonymously. But if you want to appear, if you at all want to appear in the quote unquote trusted network, you have to be, you have to identify yourself, which would allow for the an- anonymity to come through and then trusted people to either believe that and pull it through as part of their you know, identity. In other words, because if you think about the anonymous, the anonymous post or the anonymous breaking news or whatever is only made real when someone trusted actually posts it or reposts it. Because in many cases it's like, well, then it's, if it's anonymous, I don't know who that is. And yes, I see the photo and that could be faked. Or I, yes, I see the news and the link, but that could be faked. You know, all of that. It is when someone trusted actually reposts it and says, I just, this is, you know, this is, this is the thing we need to be paying attention to that you go. Okay. So you could sort of, you could allow that sort of pool of content to swim anonymously below and then have the trusted layer above it
0: i i I don't disagree with you and there are a lot of reasons why social media sites should have a verifiable identity especially if we talk about i mean meta and facebook and the whole thing of underage people on the site that's a whole that's a that's a big issue in and of itself so so there's that but i think that in the very near future and i don't want to get too science fictiony but there's going to be this are you a human or are you synthetic yeah because there's going to be so many accounts out there that have defined a niche in in a content area or marketing or whatever that aren't going to be human
1: right that's right
0: and there's going to be you know there's going to be like a book burning type episode around that yeah any good at predictions but I just feel like that's going to come. I've read way too many science fiction books, <laughs> right. and I think that's where we're going. So
1: yeah, anyway. no, I think it's exactly right.
0: right. What do you got for yours? Uh,
1: very quickly here. Uh, basically, I have got... Uh, so the article that we'll link to is uh, from Marketing Brew. It's something that's not getting a lot of coverage, although sort of the correlatory correlation news is, is, is basically uh, getting covered, which is that Google... Uh, the, the the news item that we might have talked about uh, in the in the it was that Google has now made an agreement with the Canadian government to actually pay for news. We'll see if Meta comes along with that. You know, now that they've sort of knocked down one giant, well, maybe they'll knock down another. We'll see if that actually happens. But more importantly. Uh, is that, and we reported it on this show, I don't know how long ago, um, when it started, when it launched, was that Google's working group for news publishers uh, could get shut down. Um, And so the story here from Marketing Brew is that, uh, as it says in the thing, Google wants advertisers and publishers to buy into its plan for all these things. And I've talked about this before, right, sort of deprecating the third-party cookie and Uh, all of the ways that they're handling advertising and pulling news and all that sort of stuff. They formed this group, the publishers, uh, to basically come together and talk about solutions for how they would actually do that. And what has happened apparently is that they've uh, kicked out a couple of them uh, and basically – You know, they had major publishers like Washington Post, they had the New York Times, they had Fox News, they had Disney, Paramount, Hearst, Condé Nast, um, other publishing platforms. uh, And basically a couple of them uh, have left. Uh, Namely, I think, if I was reading this correctly, it was Fox News or Fox uh, and a couple of others, maybe USA Today. Uh, Anyway, a couple of other publishers have basically left the group and basically they're not getting along and so google is basically saying you know look it's maybe time to disband this 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 whole thing and i think it's very interesting to me how uh google and their relationship with publishers especially news publishers has become so fraught with tension this is includes uh the relationships between publishers and meta publishers and basically every social media platform out there and how uh it's really becoming you know the the platforms don't care the platforms just don't care that much anymore because there's not a lot of value in having a deep working relationship with these publishers and it speaks to where the news publisher business model is it speaks to where news and publishers are trusted by the public um and how democratized this has become where News really isn't broken anymore on these news sites. It's rather broken on TikTok, or it's broken by just to our point, anonymous whistleblowers on social media platforms. So you wonder, you know, where all of this goes, um, especially as it relates to the business model of publishers. And I, I, you know, I, I just can't help to think that this isn't this this isn't good for news publishers for sure, and. I don't have any inside information in terms of what actually is going on here, but it just strikes me that both sides of this are uh, are walking away from this sort of short short sighted. Because again, if you go back to the fact that the Google's now going to pay the Canadian publishers, and I guess the way it's going to work is that Canada is going to divide up all that money against small publishers, and basically based on your employment, but how many people yeah. you employ. You're going to get a share of this hundred, I think it's a hundred million dollars a year that Google's gonna pay to have access to the news, which of course benefits the big publishers and not the small publishers. You know, yeah. for small publishers, it's gonna be a drop in the bucket. For big publishers, it's gonna be a drop in the bucket. But now all of a sudden they have, you know, they're all friends again. No, not really. So this it feels very much to me like the record companies and MP3s where they were clasping and grasping onto these old business models and ideas and trying anything they could to sort of find ways to make money on this that were just ultimately going to be organically phased out. So I don't know I don't know where it all goes from here but I just know that this doesn't spell good news for publishers.
0: No I, I think that it, the I think it goes back to what we talked about last week. I'd like to see more of these traditional publishers change their, business models to go after like the naming, like we talked about naming rights last, like some, some significant private funding instead of having to go to Google and bow before Google and say, please give us money. Yeah, that's right. Because we are, we lost our business model when we let you in, not that we had any choice necessarily to do that, but that's basically what happened. Exactly. With a lot of these new, new with news publishers, I'm not talking about publishers that, that focus on a particular industry or a B2B publisher. Those, I think a lot of the cases, those business models are doing really, really well. It's the ones that are incentivized to actually cover breaking news. That is, that's right. That's a broken business model right now.
1: Yeah, that's exactly so. right. That's exactly right. So that's what I got.
0: There we go. All there right. Go. Another yeah. fantastic episode. I, I can't this believe it's gonna... already
1: over. I can't it's believe amazing. It already does. Yes. it's already done. Like it's yes.
0: that an hour just goes by so quickly.
1: Where, are you this week what's going on
0: uh we're gonna go we're actually gonna go see some friends uh in the orlando area so we're gonna go to your favorite state Ooh, yeah uh, you know i love uh, it especially we'll def- that orlando area yeah well we'll yeah. definitely be <laughs> interested in the <laughs> cleveland browns quarterback situation this weekend who are they gonna play i mean are you gonna sign up and
1: maybe get a roster it's really spot.
0: unfortunate because honestly the last game uh yeah. dtr was our rookie quarterback from ucla was yeah. actually having a fine game he just good, started to get rhythm and then yeah. got got knocked out of the game yeah and then the game went downhill from that it was really right. really is, close he hurt, is he
1: hurt so bad that he can't play or
0: he's right now as we record this on thursday he's in concussion protocol and if he does not come out of concussion protocol if he hasn't come joe out con- flacco yeah former ravens Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco, yeah, will be our starting. He ain't coming out
1: of concussion protocol. I can tell you that right now. If he's not done, if he's not out by today, which is we're recording this on Thursday, I think so. we're
0: going to see Joe Flacco. You're going to see and, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is great. We're just hoping we don't need anything great, Joe. No, we we just need don't throw interceptions and don't that's right. the Ball that's right. I think and we, stay we can win games like that. <laughs> stay healthy. So. Yeah uh, and and your Cowboys are looking great so the
1: Cowboys are looking good we'll see they got a big game this week uh tonight actually as we record this with the Seattle Seahawks so by the time you all hear this if you know I'm in a bad mood or a good so, mood um so but I but have that, that, to tell
0: you that that every game that the Cowboys win uh my youngest son Adam who you know yes, really well course, he always said tell tell Mr. Robert that the Cowboys haven't beat a winning team yet <laughs> a It's team not their with a winning fault record yet it's I not know. their fault. I know. By the time
1: they play in them, they're, by the time they play these, if, if they'd played, the, if look, if they'd played the commanders in week two, they would have been playing a two and O team. If they would have, if they would have played the Seahawks three weeks ago, they'd be playing a six and three team. They've, I mean, it's not their fault that the teams that they play keep losing.
0: Hey, I didn't make the comment. Yeah. My son did. Talk to my son about yeah. it. He just, yeah. He's just making a, making a case yeah. for it. Yeah, so. how are those Browns doing. That's all i yeah. there say. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, all all right. Right.
1: there we go. There we go. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us this week. And as we always say, we will see you again next week. And before we see you again next week, just remember, everybody, it's your story to tell. Tell it well. See you next week on This Old Marketing.